This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of the Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan. And he is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And Brian, something really good came out of our last show. What was that, Robert? I noticed the Merry Christmas sign in my living room. and Oh, it's no longer there. It's not yeah. there anymore. It's been replaced. Yeah. So, uh, you know, silver linings, Brian. Uh, we've got this, uh, this pretty big game coming up here for the Cowboys against the 49ers on Sunday. And it's funny, Brian, I don't know if you feel this way. So many of the people, even the longest tenured employees at the Cowboys in general, are, are people who got here – a few years after the last Super Bowl. So there are so many people here who have never seen an NFC title game. There, there are so many people here who got their first road playoff victory uh, this past weekend. Um, Christy Scales is one. She had never seen a road playoff victory. Uh, there were people in PR who have been here for forever. Uh, Chris Beam, your, your, uh, your buddy at DallasCowboys.com, which is the, the video stuff. Um, so a lot of people who had never experienced this, Nick Eatman, a bunch of different folks, it feels like the the general sense I get, and I don't know if you agree with this, right? It almost feels like there's an inability to even conceive, even if you think Dallas can win, there's an inability to even conceive the season continuing after this weekend. Like that just seems like a like a dream. That seems like something that's yeah. that's not even real. Like it feels like for people who have covered this team for a long time or been around this team that man, they've got a legitimate shot to go on. And you can't even put yourself in that headspace yet. It's like saying, you know, well, what do you think? Uh, like, like, what do you think Atlantis is like? Like, I don't know. That sounds like a made up place to me. That doesn't even sound real. So I don't know if you feel that way, Brian. Is that the sense you've gotten uh, this week just from listeners and stuff on, on your own show that it just it feels even people who think they're going to win. It doesn't even feel like anything they can connect to as a reality. Yeah, that's um, I mean, it's a really in-depth question and thought that you just gave. Uh, because it, it was just amazing to me and as we got ready for the Tampa game and they kept saying that Tom Brady has just as many playoff wins as the Dallas Cowboys. And you're thinking, Cowboys have been around, what, 62, 63 years. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's been in the league, what, 21, 22 years? I mean, and you're just thinking of like, God, has it been that long since – 
you know, this team's had any type of playoff success. So, but I think this year you can allow yourself to dream a little bit. You know, when when you don't have, uh, you know, when you don't have an Aaron Rodgers in this tournament anymore, or you know, really never he didn't get in. But now you don't have Tom Brady anymore. You really, you know, you're going to, you're going to have to, you're going to have to beat Brock Purdy, and either. Uh, Jalen Hurts, who's played very well, or Daniel Jones to get to the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. and, that's, and that's why I think that people are – I think they're enthusiastic. I mean, the win against Brady, I think it it removed a lot of demons. I, I asked Stephen Jones this question today uh, on Friday. We're taping this, and we have Stephen on our show every Friday afternoon, and I asked him, I saw you hug your dad like a big time embrace at the end of that game. And I go, was that just the emotion of the moment? And he answered the question. He goes, listen, Jerry's been very, very upfront about this. You know, he doesn't know how many more of these he, he has. And for you to go on the road and, and, you know, since for 30 years, you know, Jerry was, Jerry was in his fifties. Last time they got a, a victory uh, on the road, and now he's in, you know he's in his eighties, and that just yeah. it shows you how difficult this could be uh, these playoff games. And you know, Stephen said it, it meant a lot to him to win. It meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to the organization. And I just feel like this fan base, you know, they've we've all had our hearts ripped out before. I mean, we've all had our hearts ripped out with playoff losses and stuff. San Francisco is an excellent team. They are an excellent team. And this is going to be as tough of a game. You know, we we've seen like we've seen games before where sometimes the divisional matchup is more difficult than what the championship matchup. And I don't mean yeah. with respect to Philadelphia or the Giants. I mean, it would. I'd love to see the Giants win. I would love to see the Giants win on Saturday, just so the Cowboys know that if they go out there and take care of business and don't turn the ball over and tackle well, that they get a shot to host the Giants in the NFC Championship game. You know that that's what's ahead of everybody right now. You know, so it's 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 one of those things where. You get emotional thinking about being in the playoffs, but even more emotional when you win these games because it does keep that dream alive. You know, that like I can say that the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl was 1995. I, our team at Green Bay won it in 96. That seems like so long ago to me right now. I mean, it just seems like forever that we, so I, I can imagine what Cowboy fans feel like right now. And, and you know what? You're allowed to dream a little bit. You're allowed to dream. Go out there and play like you did against Tampa, and you got a good shot of knocking these 49ers off and getting a, a chance at the uh, the NFC Championship game. Two more uh, just kind of uh, general feel questions for you before we go into the 49ers themselves. First one, uh, you mentioned there that uh, that last Cowboys Super Bowl team uh, beat a Green Bay Packers team that you were part of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, could you ever have envisioned at that time, if somebody would have told you at the end of that game, when I'm sure there was a lot of pain there in your locker room, if yeah. somebody 
have told you, hey, Brian, uh, it, it, you know, 27 years from now, this organization will have not even been back to this championship. I, I would, yeah. I would have never believed it, Bobby. I would have never, ever, ever believed it. And, but I felt like when we were in Green Bay, the following year they had a draft. You know, the draft, there was a draft that the Cowboys had such great personnel and they had a draft that just wasn't really up to snuff. And, you kind of felt like, well, maybe things are changing here. Maybe the personnel is changing. You know, uh, I I caught when I came to Dallas '99, I caught the tail end of Daryl Johnston, Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman, Michael Irvin. I I, I caught the end of that. Though so that that was that was towards the end for those guys, and so that part of it was like. Man, when that when that team when those guys when it hit the wall it hit the wall, you know it, it hit the wall a ton, and uh, but if you'd have told me twenty seven years later, I would have said this organization would have probably had one or two or maybe even three uh, more uh, Super Bowl victories to their credit. And then the uh, the second one we're gonna just selfishly, how 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 cool would it be for you? to get a Giants victory and a Cowboys victory, knowing that like next week you could be out there at the Miller Lite Plaza being involved in uh, the, the, the execution of the first NFC championship game day in Dallas since uh, you lost uh, with the Packers in 95. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough, man. I mean, it's a, it's, it's tough to, when you're part of these teams and you fight really all year, and you're like, and you don't make it, or you don't, you know, you don't get there. You know that it's that that's that's a very very difficult thing that you you have to deal with. But yeah, I mean, I, I'll just say this: with the Cowboys, those games and stuff. I mean, playing Dallas, we we had San Francisco's number, but we never did have Dallas's number. That was that was clear. Like I I'll never, I told the story I think before, but. If you haven't heard it, I just remember we won a game out in, you know, Candlestick and playing a championship game in Dallas. And it was like the the fan, I mean, like Reggie White sitting in his locker thinking about having to play against Eric Williams. Everybody was excited about, you know, getting a chance to play Dallas. And it, you know, and Reggie White's like, man, I have to play Eric Williams. And, you know, that that, that right there was when I saw him down, I'm thinking like, oh, well, it's probably not. Well, probably won't be pretty good for us going <laughs> forward. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, this is a uh, this is a, a unique opportunity here for the Cowboys. Uh, I got to say, it's 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 pretty cool to look at the makeup right now of the NFC. It's a very classic look in these playoffs to have the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles. It, it feels like uh, you know '90s football again early 90s into to middle 90s you're, you're just missing the Packers really uh yeah. being a uh a collection of of the 90s elite so uh with that said the Cowboys head into uh I almost call it candlestick the Cowboys head into Levi's uh this weekend and Brian what is your what what is your big overriding theme you're looking at heading into this game of like hey this needs to happen. The Cowboys need to make this happen. 
Bobby, there's there's a couple of things. I think this game is going to hinge in two areas. I think it's going to hinge in, number one, how well you're able to block their front. And number two is how well you tackle on defense in this game. You know, if if either one of those or both of those are poor, Dallas will lose this football game. There's no question in my mind. If you um, if you don't find a way, and you're not going to be able to control this front the whole entire game, but if it turns into they just kind of have their way with you, uh, then it's going to be a problem. You're, you've got to be able to move the ball. You've got to be able to take advantage of the things that can happen in the, the secondary. You know, teams that have been able to move the ball in the 49ers have found a way to block the front and then, you know, make game, make plays in the passing game. You know, and blocking Bosa and this crew is not going to be easy, but you have to find a way to make it work. And on the second side, the flip side of that is the tackling. You, you know, this is a team that the offense is built on, you know, run after catch. It's built on toughness. It's built on attacking you. It's built on putting you in bad spots. They are going to test how physical you're going to be with Kittle, with Juszczyk, with Debo Samuel, with Brandon Ayuk. They're going to test you with how physical this offensive line with Trent Williams. You know, they're going to test you. So if you're the Cowboys, you know, the old saying is bring the big boy pants. And you better bring the big boy pants when you're uh, playing uh, on uh, on Sunday. Because if you don't, this team will this team will embarrass you with uh, that uh, this running right through you and uh, making it very very difficult on you as well. You talk about the physicality of the game. Obviously, something that was a, a something they were severely lacking last year in the game against San Francisco, like an ability to match that. Uh, I, I think they've improved in that area a little bit. I still don't think they're you know top of the league in terms of being a a physical blue collar football team. So, Brian, as they enter this game, even though they've closed the gap maybe a little bit, who do you think on the defensive side of the ball, like, hey, I need I need a, a tough, physical, you know, strong football game from this guy on the defensive side. If I can get it just from this one guy, knowing that he can approach this game with physicality and toughness, I feel better already about how the defense is going to play. I think it's late Van Der Esch. You know, in these games where teams – are interested in playing power football. Leighton Vanderesh comes up aces. And so with you know this 49er team went out, they got Christian McCaffrey, who is outstanding at his job. He does so many things well for the 49ers. Uh, you know, the, the stuff that you envisioned him doing when he was with Carolina. But this this coach has figured out things about him and, and unlocked him in a in a lot of different ways. Like much like David Shaw did when he was at Stanford with mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey. But yeah. if you ask me, you know, the really easy answer would be, okay, well, it's let's it's gonna be Micah Parsons. Well, yeah, you, but you know Micah's gonna play well. But Leighton Vanderesh to me is means so much to this Cowboys defense and how his ability to it, you know, he's when the when the hole opens up and he's there, it's a three yard gain. It's not a, you know, it's not a 18-yard gain or a 20-yard gain. You know, his ability to tackle, be at the point of attack, I, I think will be huge. They they need him. They need him. They need Donovan Wilson. Uh, they need J. Ron Curse. 
You know, I was talking to people today. Curse is going to play in this football game. They're going to need those safeties and and Vanderesh to be be you know American heroes in this game. Yeah, and I think we talked about that. I think we referenced that earlier this week that J. Ron Curse is going to play. Like you, the way he's talked about San Francisco, the way he's talked about the team, the the leader that he is on the team, he wasn't going to miss this game. Like it, no. He would he would have to have he'd have to be like missing a limb to yeah. to miss the game, um, but that also doesn't mean that he's not going to be banged up. He's going to play. Be, yeah, yeah. He's he's gonna he's probably going to be hurting. He's he's not going to be a hundred percent. But Brian, would you feel would you feel better about I don't know? Let's say eighty eighty percent of J Ronkers compared to whoever might get those snaps in this place, Mukwamu Bell, whoever. Yeah, I mean, McQuamu has done – I mean, he's stepped in and really has done a nice job. I mean, last week it was super impressive how, you know, that he was able to kind of carry some of the things that people noticed about him in training camp, some of the things we noticed about him during the season. Uh, but, you know, not to the level – I mean, everybody's like, wow, this is Dan Quinn's ace in the hole, Israel McQuamu. All right, good job there. But I, I think with Curse – you know the 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 human spirit and the human will to accomplish, I think is great, and I think it's in, I think it's in, in curse. I think he's one of those guys that Dan Quinn was right about him when he went out early in the season. It's like, man, this guy's our quarterback. Now the defense held it together and all that, and you know was played well, you know throughout, but not having him in there, he, there's so many things that he does. Heck, he could have had probably two, three interceptions the other day in that game. He had the one in the end zone being in the right spot, had one in the middle of the field, a couple other ones maybe he could have had. But he's just a guy that's the right place, right time. He's toughness. He's the he's kind of the glue, like in the back end with him and Vanderush and those guys. You know that that kind of they kind of keep this thing uh, going the right direction. I'm, I'm going to make a, a potentially dangerous comparison for J. Ron Curse, and you, you tell me if it's a dumb comparison. Not quite to the level, but I, I think it's a similar impact at this point for me. I think not having J. Ron Curse feels similar to those times in the past when it was like you don't have Sean Lee. Yeah. Like, I think you're yeah. missing so much in terms of intangibles and just IQ and the way he makes everybody else better. Curse has reached close to like Sean Lee levels when he's absent. There's no question. He has come in there and, you know, last year he, you know, not many people ever believed. I think George Edwards, who had him in Minnesota, believed, you know, J. Ron Curse was a special teams guy. That's really I thought he'd get was. cut. I yeah. thought he was going to get cut. <laughs> yeah. It's the long list of these cowboy veteran safety guys that, nobody really wants and then you know all of a sudden you spent a million dollars and they're gone kind of a thing but this this guy has proven uh throughout I mean it it would be it's hard to play without him and it's really hard to play without Vanderesh both those guys are outstanding you're listening to the love of the star podcast the love of the stars an odyssey podcast you can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, guys, uh, I got to tell you really quick uh, before we go on to anything else about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. I've I've been telling you guys about him for several weeks now. Brian and I both have. uh, We love seeing you guys send us those photos on social media of you guys hanging out out there, uh, enjoying a cold beer, enjoying some wings or a burger or whatever else. Uh, It warms our heart, and I know it warms Boomer Jack's heart. Uh, We're glad that you guys are enjoying it as much as we do. I keep telling you guys specifically about Tuesdays and Wednesdays because Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got great deals the rest of the week as well. Drink special starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and it is the coldest beer anywhere around. And it's just the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. If you're looking for, you know, a happy hour spot for you and your coworkers. Boomer Jacks is perfect for that. If you're looking for a nice dinner spot for the family somewhere to unwind, it's a great spot too. My kids love the tableside s'mores that they bring out there. If you're looking for somewhere to watch the game, Boomer Jacks, man, wall-to-wall TVs. And I mean that literally. The TVs fill up the walls at Boomer Jacks. You are going to be so glad you went there. There are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. Okay, Brian, uh, let's continue to dive into this game and and look at some different angles of this. You asked me this question uh, on the radio earlier. Uh, you, you asked me, who am I more concerned about, uh, yeah. Nick Bosa or Christian McCaffrey? And for me, it was Christian McCaffrey. I just think that he can deflate this, this team in a number of different ways. Uh, he can hurt them in a number of different ways and impact it on a, a stronger snap-to-snap basis. So now that we're here on the podcast, I'm going to turn the question around to you. Brian, who are you more concerned about, Christian McCaffrey or, or Nick Bosa? Did, but you, you're going to stick with your answer, though? You're gonna stick yes, with I'm sticking answer. with Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think it's McCaffrey, too. I really, really do. I think the things that he could do, um, you know, he's such a weapon uh, in the backfield. Uh, with, you know, like a hand it to him, toss it to him, throw it to him, move him out wide. I mean, David Shaw, the the co- his coach at Stanford, will tell you, when he came out of the draft, it, like, David Shaw was saying it's one of the best receivers in the draft. And you're like, but coach, he plays running back. Now I'm just telling you, he's one of the best receivers in the draft. You know, he's that kind of a player. So his dad, dad was, was a pretty good receiver. Dad was really good. Dad was a really, really good player. So uh yeah, uh, mom was a very talented soccer player too at Stanford. So I mean, he's got some got some really good genes in his family that way. But yeah, I, I think with with Nick Bosa, uh can they find a way to block him one-on-one? Are they going to be able to chip him? I mean, the last time they played a Bosa was in week two uh, last year, I think, when the, the Chargers and the Cowboys uh, were involved. And, you know, Bosa was uh, 
He's they play, I mean, they played Nick in the playoffs, but yeah. Yeah, but a bit of, but yeah, but okay, but yeah, but like said, yeah. It, you're you're absolutely right. They played Nick yeah. last year, but but another Bose, his brother, and I just going back to it was the first start for um, it was the first start for Terrence Steele, and we were all mm-hmm. kind of worried about Terrence Steele getting eaten alive out there. But it was him one on one. It was some chip blocks. It was tight ends. They play in that wide nine alignment. You know, you get the guy way, way, way to the outside there. And then, you know, and so the further you can remove him from the ball, the better chance you have of getting the ball out before he gets home. So I wouldn't be surprised if they move him by alignment, get him to by, you know, make him have to play a little bit wider and then rush the passer. But, uh, yeah, they, they, his brother, like I could say, they chipped him, they double teamed him, they single blocked him. I could see the same thing happening. But man, I just keep thinking about, you know, th- keep thinking about what uh, McCaffrey can do, and and he he could he could take it the house from anywhere on the field. That's that's how capable a player he is. You mentioned uh, they're chipping with the tight ends, uh, and and this is more kind of a, a generalized question, I guess. You know, we we gave a lot of praise, rightfully so, still uh, early on to to this tight end group, like how they played in in the passing game. Uh, you know, when they would stay in and block in pass protection, when they would block on runs. I, th- I think we both uh, talked about Dalton Schultz, I think, has become a pretty good run blocker, to be honest, especially compared to where he had been in the past. Um, but do you feel like overall the tight ends group maybe over the last few weeks of the season was not blocking up to the standard they had set earlier in the year? I think there was some I think there was some issues there. I, I don't think they were as clean with Tyron Smith being there. I think there was some really good um, understanding of how, and I think Zach Martin dealt with the same thing. Like when you get used to playing next to a guy and his, his steps, hand placement, head placement, body position, all these things, I think Martin understood who was where. You know, and he understood how Steele's mannerisms were and how he played. I think last week was the first time that we'd seen Tyron Smith have the type of game where there was a little bit better fit and a little bit better understanding of where he needed to be. Now, saying that, he's also got tight ends on the other side, you know, that are getting used to how he blocks and stuff like that. So the scoop blocks, the reach blocks, the blocks – they crack toss, you know, those are things I think that, you know, that was going to take a little time. I think it took a little bit longer than we even thought with Tyron Smith over there. But, uh, you know, the game, this game could very well hinge on some other things. I, I know the two things I talked about earlier, but with uh, Bill Vinovich is the official and it's an all-star crew. I have a feeling that Bill Vinovich is going to tell his crew, listen, if it's a flag, or you see it, throw it. If you don't see it, don't throw it. You know, kind of a thing. So I think Bill Vinovich is going to let this crew of these teams play a little bit. That probably that probably is an advantage to the Cowboys because I think the Cowboys are going to have to hold the Philadelphia, Philadelphia, the San Francisco offensive linemen or offensive defensive linemen more this game than maybe vice versa. And so that, I think, kind of plays in the Cowboys' favor if the officials let them, in fact, let the players decide this game. 
And that includes the tight ends because some of the holding calls we've been getting to see are from like Dalton Schultz and things like that. How are you trying to attack Brock Purdy in this game? Uh, What's the approach here to rattle him? Because nobody's really been able to do it yet. He's been incredibly poised. Um, You know, the the Shanahan system uh, really just asks for good decision-making, minimizing mistakes. Um, You know, you you talk about the yards after catch. The fact that he's, he's got an insane yards per attempt but his intended air yards is actually 0.1 below what Jimmy Garoppolo was. So, so it's about ball placement. It's about accuracy. It's about, you know, not turning the ball over and he's done those things. So how do they disrupt that? Yeah. You know, the ball is probably going to come out quick because of all the underneath stuff, the crossing routes and things like that. If they get in bunch formations and they get real tight to the tackles, I'm thinking about bringing slot blitzes. I'm thinking about bringing blitzes of that he might not. Now, they're going to set protection off where Micah Parsons is. Yeah. I'm, I might consider putting Micah Parsons and Tank on the same side of the field, you know, and then trying to kind of see if you could get something home from that. I'm also thinking about that, whether it's Curse, whether it's Wilson, whether it's Bland. I'm thinking about slot blitzing, not from depth or from width, but if it's tight formation stuff and you can quickly get there and hit him, you know, you've got to get there before he gets the ball out. So if you can get some shots from the backside there, hit him a couple of times, make him have to think, okay, if I'm looking at this defense, okay, I know where Micah Parsons is. Okay, I see Tank, but I'm okay, I know I'm taking care of. Well, let's, but he doesn't know what's happening on the backside. I think I think you're going to have to find some way to get some of these secondary blitzes home. Is Donovan Wilson the best blitzer in the secondary? I would say he's got the best chance for the feel of how to get home. Yes, I, I would say that. Him, um, I'm interested in Bland. I think Bland's kind of, but I think that I think that Donovan Wilson is one of those where he's a see ball hit ball guy. Yeah. And so if he sees ball in quarterback's hands. He's going to, you know, you need to, you need to, uh, you need to give good shots in the pocket there. If you can, if you could get those up, that'll be really, really key in this game. You know, when we talk about the, those secondary blitzes too, obviously there's nothing you can do about it, but is this a game like with that kind of an approach where you really miss Jordan Lewis? Like just yeah, yeah, Jordan physically and he was a yeah. really good blitzer and Orlando Skandrick was really good too. You know, sometimes you can, if you can cover, you know, if you could cover up for the blitzer, because that ball's probably going to come to the hot side wherever that blitzer's coming from. But if you do it from the back side and you can kind of you know, get some shots there, uh, it, it might serve you well as uh, as you get going in this game. Has there been enough attention paid, do you think, in the in, during the discourse? Because obviously there's been a lot of Brock Purdy. There's a lot of been, been a lot of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, we all know Debo Samuel, George Kittle. I feel like there's been a, a kind of stunning lack of discussion about Ayuk. Oh, God. Yeah. I, you're not. Are you a fan? Or, uh, yeah, I love him. I, I, I think I think I think Ayuk is a guy that could. I feel like Cowboys fans may arrive on Sunday and just be like, "Man, I didn't hear much about this guy during the week." No. You're torching yeah. us. So, uh, I mean, since you're an Ayuk fan as well, uh, just give us a quick breakdown of how difficult he is. What, what do you see from Ayuk when you watch him play? 
I, I think Ayuk is I think Ayuk has completely leveled up this year. Like yeah. like I think he's I think he's become a different year. Last year I saw that there were some issues like catching the ball in contested areas. I remember that was an issue for him. He had taste yeah. drops. I think he's a tougher uh catcher this year. I think he attacks the ball better. Um but I, I really like Ayuk and I think that he's just as terrifying, I think, to me as you know anybody else on this offense. He he yeah. can definitely take advantage of some things in the Cowboys secondary. As much as you love Kittle and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, I, I think Ayuk is – I think he's going to be a nightmare to have to deal with because especially when they get around in the red zone, this guy, he gets lost in traffic. Uh, he, he finds space. He can make those – he can make those Michael Gallup kind of toe-dragging catches. You know, he's – He's super reliable. You're right. Last year, I think he had a little bit more problems catching the ball, but man, this you 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 get you have to know where that number eleven is at, at all times. Yeah, he's just especially with the the questions in the secondary. I feel like you're obviously going to try and funnel a lot of attention to digs and things like that, and it, it, it could just be easy to. I'm not for the Cowboys, but I think it's easy for others to maybe forget. Like, hey, Ayuk's pretty good. He's real good. He's real good. Yeah, I, I, I take him over Michael Gallup. I, I'd, I'd rather have him here, to be honest. Uh, and so, I, I mean, that's the type of player that he is. Uh, what's the offensive approach? This is, this is a game where Dak's going to have to win it, right? Like, th- this feels like similar to Tampa last week. The game plan here is going to be you're going to have to win the game with the passing attack. Yeah, I think that you know, I, I, to me, the running will come from Dak's scrambles. That could, you know, uh, because this is a, and talking to some coaches around the league that have played the 49ers, they don't, their pass rush is not an organized one. And when I mean organized, it's always not disciplined when it's going up the field. So if you get guys, and, and the Cowboys had the same issue that you get guys going up the field and all of a sudden the quarterback sees an alley and takes off running, then it could be a little bit of a problem there. They've got linebackers that can really, really tackle though. You know, I mean, do you, I mean, you know, but you got to find a way that if all of a sudden, see the 49ers from all these coaches, again, talking to, they don't want to play man coverage. They don't want to play man coverage. They want to keep everything in front of them and just tackle. But, you know, if somehow, some way you drop back, there's a rush, there's a lane and Dak takes it. Dak can't hesitate running the ball. If you see a lane, go for it. You know, six, seven yards, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. You know, the crack toss stuff, the things like that, the running game, those are all going to be really good plays. But Dak running the ball himself, we've seen when Dak gets, and I talk about it a lot, when he gets muddied, bloodied, and he's got a big clump of grass in the side of his face mask, that's yeah. what the that's the best version of Dak Prescott. That's when you know that Dak is getting a feel of the game. And I I feel like that that's what's going to have to happen in this game. You block this front, you frustrate this front, you protect the front, and now you're going to make them have to blitz. When they blitz, that means they play man coverage. They don't want to play man coverage with this defense, not with the personnel that they have. Is that when you knew the game was over uh, last Monday? Yeah. When Dak had the shoulder pad come out and he yeah. had the, the grass and yeah. he played the entire snap with his pad out. You're like, oh, this is, they, they got this in the bag. When he, yeah, when he had side, – side of his body was grass stained and and part of his, you know, pants and all that from sliding and diving. And, you know, that's that's kind of – that's 
what you need to see with Dak. You know, you know the some quarterbacks when they got grass stains all over, it's a bad thing. With Dak, it's kind of a good thing. It kind of brings out this. It's like David Banner, the Hulk. You know, when all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. he gets he gets frustrated. Bruce and Banner, David David oh. Banner's the the uh, the musician. <laughs> okay, Bruce Banner, <laughs> David David Banner. But I was thinking of Banner, Bruce Banner. Yeah, yeah. But you're good. You're good. I I, I got it. I just knew there were some people laughing back home who were thinking of David Banner and Dak Prescott because David is there David Banner really is he a performer? Uh, yeah, yeah. He is. For, for, for who? I, I I don't think that you would uh, listen. Oh, is to, that that? Is that he's there a was rapper? An actor. Oh, there was an actor. There was an actor named David. Ba- I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. David Banner's a rapper. I don't think you've listened to David Banner, but I you probably heard it. he was in there somewhere. So, Brian, uh, one last quick question before I get picks here: uh, Is there is Dalton Schultz just as important in this game as yeah. CD? Yeah, yeah. Because the idea of the Cowboys is if you can get if you can kind of attack them in the zone coverage stuff, then they have to play the man coverage stuff. When they play the man coverage stuff, you know, who will be on Schultz? Will it be one of the linebackers? Will it be Gibson, one of the safeties? Or will it be Hafunga? You know, and the thing I know about Hafunga, if you watch him play against the Raiders, they matched up Waller on him a couple of times and he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle it. So, if when you get those matchups that you know that you could take advantage of, you have to you have to complete those passes. If you're Dak, you can't miss that ball when they're matched up with guys. So yeah, absolutely. Out of the slot, you know, uh, Jimmy Ward on Lamb, you got to take advantage of that too if you can. So there, there's some spots where you can clearly clearly do some good against the secondary. Do you think they're going to bracket him? Uh, Schultz? Lamb, not Schultz, Lamb. I think the guy that they might take uh, – because I asked one of these coaches – I Because Lamb, Lamb did tell us after Tampa he he expected to be bracketed by Tampa, and he was. Yeah. And then said that he saw a bunch of that. So do you think – because Tampa did a decent job, you know, removing Lamb from the passing game, but Dak shredded them everywhere else. So do you think San Francisco could approach it the same way and just say, let's take him out this way? Yeah, you know, you would feel like that maybe Tampa's a little bit better in coverage than what San Francisco is. I, I, I could say I might be totally wrong about this. I'm just talking to these coaches that that played against the the Niners yeah. and like who to attack. You know, that to a to a man. I mean, I talked to three different coaches, and it was every one of them was like, listen, you block them, you can complete passes against them, you know. And we saw that we saw that with Tampa. You know, you block Tampa. Dak completed passes. So same thing could happen uh, with the 49ers. Uh, it's it's going to be the – if it happens, you're going to see some some success. Uh, you know, And hopefully Dak doesn't throw the, the interceptions that we've seen before. Uh, I uh, For picks for this game before we go to the mailbag, I think, uh, I think the Cowboys can absolutely win this game against the 49ers. I do think the 49ers are a better overall football team. There's just, there's not, when you watch them, there's not a lot of glaring weaknesses. They really don't have an area where it's like, man, this is a bad part of their team. They're very good. Um, Dallas, I think can, can compete with them and, and absolutely win this game. But I am going to take San Francisco on this one, just, you know, with the benefits of the rest being at home, everything else involved. So I've got the 49ers 27 to 24, but if they beat the 49ers, I think the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl because I think they'll beat the Giants or the Eagles the next week. Uh, Brian, what's your pick? 
Yeah, I kind of feel like that there it's I think it's gonna be a little bit higher scoring game. Um, I think both the de- defenses, you know, they both have great pass rushes. Uh, but you know, you got offensive lines that could be up to the task. You got skilled playmakers. You know, who, who this this game could be a Tony Pollard is better than Christian McCaffrey game. You know, you just I mean, it, it's it's there's some really good matchups across the board. I have Dallas winning this football game, 31-28. And I'm going to tell you this: I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a Brett Maher field goal that's going Let's to go. be the difference in this football game. I Which, think, for those of you listening at home who may not have heard, uh, out of practice on Thursday, Brett Maher made all six field goals when the media was out there. In yeah, win. Yeah, and and I was Friday morning, I was at the Star doing my uh, work with DallasCowboys.com uh, with Cowboy Break, and Brett Maher uh, was out there with uh, Overton, uh, Holder. Everybody was out there, and they were working on field goals on the grass. And so, you know, uh, the practice squad kicker, uh, was over on the turf Viscano. field. Viscano was on the turf field working by himself, but everybody was committed to being over. I don't think you're going to see the. I don't see. I don't think you're going to see a an elevation of the kicker. I, I just don't. I, I just don't. I think they're going to ride with Maher here. Everybody you're talking to, Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones. I think they're going to ride with him here, unless you know something completely different from me. No, same same thing I've heard. It sounded it sounded unlikely that this Kano was going to be elevated, and so that would leave you with Maher. But encouraging sign nonetheless at practice this week. Uh, you were listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show. It is the listener mailbag. Before we get into that, though, one more time, I need to tell you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star, Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Those are important days. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. So whatever your fancy is on the wing front, Boomer Jacks has a deal for you. But if you're not a wing person at all, they still have great deals for you other days of the week. They've got $3 drink specials, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, Whatever atmosphere you're looking for, Boomer Jacks has the environment for you. You're just looking for a place to have dinner with the family, a nice aesthetic, everything else. Boomer Jacks is a spot. If you're looking for a great happy hour location for you and the coworkers to have some drinks, Boomer Jacks is a spot. If you're just looking for a place to go watch the game, follow your fantasy team, you know, watch the game with a buddy, have a fun rivalry, whatever else. Boomer Jacks is the spot. And there are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, we got just a little bit of time for a brief mailbag now. I went too long on, on that second half there, Brian. I was, I was just lost in a trance of the things you were saying, so I had to, I had to go along. Uh, first question here in the Dean Julia Love the Star mailbag. Uh, KMS22, how do you think the actives slash inactives on D will work in this game, similar to Tampa Bay, or could you see Wright or Gallimore or Bohanna on the game day roster Sunday? Uh, I think that... The reason why you saw Gallimore and Bohanna inactive in part, uh, I mean, other than just the, the bodies and everything else, is 
I, I don't think the Cowboys were worried about Tampa running the ball. I don't think so either. Yeah. I think they felt like they could stop them. So with San Francisco's ability to run the ball, I definitely think you could see one of those guys active. I don't know about Wright. It just kind of depends on Dan Quinn's played the secondary rotation kind of close to the best. It depends on how he wants to mix and match it. But I absolutely think one, I, I would absolutely expect Gallimore to be active. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I think that I think Gallimore would be the guy, even though they were, uh, we've, we've kind of, we're hearing all year long. They were a little bit disappointed in him, but you know, he, at times he's played very well. And then other times he's disappeared. Bohanna, a lot of the same things that we we're just talking about. I, you know, I, I kind of wonder how they're going to handle uh, Xavier Rhodes uh, in this game. I think Xavier Rhodes to me would be a guy that I might consider playing if you got into the red zone. You know what I'm saying? I would consider maybe because I think the shorter the area, the shorter the field, it limits how far he has to run. So, I, you know, if you get into some tight situations – I would think that maybe we would see Xavier Rhodes, but on the other side, Bland, you know, with uh, and then and then Izzy as being those guys. I think Izzy deserves the opportunity uh, to to play in this football game. He showed up very well last week. Next question from uh, Mario, one of our loyal listeners: uh, What's your best strategy slash matchup at slowing Debo Samuel? I'd like to see Donovan Wilson, one of our surest tacklers follow him around the formation. It's it's very difficult. It's it's like how teams try to plan for Micah Parsons. Yeah. You put him anywhere. It's really tough to game plan. I don't know that you can just say follow Debo yeah. Sam. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's it's really difficult. But Brian, what do you what would your approach be with uh trying to slow down Debo? Bobby, I'm kind of one of these guys that I think I would just go ahead and play left and right corners. I don't know about traveling. You know, uh the 49ers are going to try and make you adjust to their formations. And I mean, adjust in a way when they put Juszczyk out as a wide receiver, when they put McCaffrey out as a wide receiver, when they move Debo Samuel into the box. I don't think you could get into that mode of like traveling with guys, then all of a sudden they bring Debo Samuel in as a running back. And now you've got, say you've got Diggs playing in the box or near the box and having to deal with the run. So if I'm if I'm Dan Quinn, I'm playing left and right corners, and I'm matching it that way. I'm not letting them take Vander Esch out of the box. I'm not letting them take Wilson out of the box. You know, I mean, there's some things by alignment that you can do. Now, if they start wearing you out because you don't match well enough, uh, you know, I think this is going to be a lot of mixing and matching myself. Uh, but I think it's going to be a left and right, and go from there. Next question here from Bablis. Tell me why this offensive line will fare better than last year's offensive line, considering the injuries. Is the addition of Tyler Smith that transformative? Well, so in last year's game, uh, Connor Williams was bad. Connor, yeah, Connor Williams was bad, and he was at left guard. Tyron was at left tackle. Tyler or uh, Lyle Collins was at right tackle. So you're talking about three positions being different this year, even though uh, it's just two players that are different, but. They looked good last week, and I get Tampa Bay does not have the same uh, defensive line that San Francisco has and the ability to uh, cause problems for you there, but uh, I do think that this offensive line is in a better spot in terms of their physicality and their matchups and everything else to 
do a better job slowing San Francisco than they were in a position to do last year. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it's going to be tough, but you just mentioned, you know, they had uh, Connor Williams had several penalties in the game. It was Mike McCarthy even brought it up. It was a weird game because of the down and distance stuff. You know, it goes back to Bill Vinovich being your official, you know, if the Cowboys are allowed to hold, if the 49ers are allowed to hold, this game could have a pretty high score, you know, and I, I kind of feel like though Tyler Smith has done a really, really nice job for him to play left guard and left tackle in that game and really not miss a beat. I, yeah. I think that says a lot about the kid. Question from Ryan Zamboni. Uh, why did Damone Clark get zero snaps last week? Last week, would you rather Barr or Clark get those snaps versus San Francisco? Bar uh, Clark, as you have talked about, Brian, there are times he still just looks kind of lost. Yeah, uh, I felt I felt like with with Leighton Vanderesh back in the lineup that would help him, but he he didn't get any snaps. It was really you know, and, and if the 49ers, again all this movement and ball to the outside and perimeter runs and stuff like that, you know, Clark. I mean, Clark or Barr, who do you trust? That's so what, I, I, I here, mean, Clark, the, yeah. Clark can run. Barr's more savvy and, you know, and can see things faster, but can he that, close the ground? That's, that, that's your that's issue. A, that's exactly the question. What do you want? Do you want somebody who sees it better and maybe doesn't have the athleticism to get there anymore? Or do you want the guy who is not seeing it well at all but has the athleticism to potentially catch up? It's – with Van Der Esch in there, I think I'd probably prefer Clark. Yeah. That, that's what I think I'd prefer. I and just hope that Leighton can do a lot to help yeah. help him and, and, and direct him. But I think that the ability of Clark, we've seen a couple different times this year, even though Clark's been out of position, we've seen Clark make some really impressive like chase down plays. Yeah. Like he, he's an incredible athlete. Right. And I think that, you know, you talking about Christian McCaffrey can score from 80 at any given moment. Yeah. I think I'd like that speed on the field rather than Anthony Barr. But, yeah. you know, that's just me. That does it for us here on the Love the Star podcast. We will uh, hopefully talk to you again on Monday after a Cowboys victory uh, and the first NFC championship berth since uh, since Brian's days in the NFL, all the way back in January 1996. It has been, been a long time. The Cowboys are very, very close, and they've got a real shot. Uh, but regardless, even if the season ends over the weekend, we will still be with you guys throughout the offseason. Uh, but fingers crossed. And until Monday, we will talk to you. What's up, Brian? Hit no, me I with said, I've already looked about 80 players. So yeah, you're some... you're way deep already on the draft. I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm doing my best. Whether the season ends or not, we got stuff to talk about. Plenty of it, you guys. Uh, until Monday, we'll talk to you guys again later.